Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. You are intelligent. You make all the right decisions. You were smart before smart was cool, and you made it cool again. You have a wealth of knowledge, and you are so very clever. <laughs> I bet you already knew I was going to say that, you genius. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better when you hear you could save big when you switch to Progressive. But I'm pretty sure you already knew that, too. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Welcome. This is an episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast that Kunal and I have been waiting for. Absolutely, and like Baku, we are actually going to throw you a googly just at the start of this weekend's episode uh, with a piece of news that we'd usually not open our podcast with. So, Pirelli, the sport's official tire suppliers, have said that they'll introduce a mega soft tire in 2018, which means that at this rate. Pirelli are surely going to run out of adjectives for their tires for 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this moment, we've got the ultra soft, the super soft, and whatever else. And by 19, we'll have the mega super ultra soft, which will still probably last one whole race uh, distance. <laughs> <laughs> Kunal, I am just going to go right out there and talk about Baku. Did we just have the best race since a long, 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 long time? <laughs> It was amazing. I think the last time a race was so fun and unpredictable was probably Canada in 2012. There were like four or five pit stops per driver and it was amazing. <laughs> I I also have Canada 2011 in my memory. I think that was a race which was actually rained out and then Jensen Button Jensen won, Button won. Uh, because Sebastian Vettel spun on the last lap and uh, too much Sebastian Vettel happening in our life. <laughs> this week but uh, actually i'm pretty sure that there are few of such occasions which no one could ever have gotten their grand prix predictions spot on yes and we got all the ingredients we wanted so there was fantastic overtaking the grid was completely mixed up there was controversy and you know the, the big boys Vettel and Hamilton were battling it out literally like what more could we want and we had a Daniel Ricciardo victory which somehow is always such a delight and it's so good to see him on the podium because to me his celebrations seem more real than anyone else's you know the kind of stuff that drivers aren't really taught about in their corporate pr talk <laughs> i'm sure you mean the shoey kunal you were so happy to see the shoey <laughs> i was seeing your face <laughs> yes and why not you're on the podium and that's what you do when you're on the podium in 2017 you know that's what you still do when you're on the podium oh yeah in, the shoey in... never goes out of fashion <laughs> we actually had two new Shui debutants in the last two races. So Canada had Sir Patrick Stewart and Lance Stroll, of course, debuted in Baku. So right, there's so much to talk about. Obviously, we're going to talk about this uh, epic victory in Baku. You know, so Ricciardo's victory, which was like Porsche's victory in Le Mans. <laughs> so Hamilton and Vettel's clash, obviously, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Bottas's recovery to P2 and how 9 out of the 10 constructors have scored points in Baku. And yes, we're going to talk about Lance Stroll and not make fun of him for once. <laughs> His coming of age and how he got onto the podium. Epic stuff. Epic stuff, but to start 
things with Mr. Daniel Ricciardo, I think it was a perfect case of slow and steady wins the race because he was the slowest of the top six drivers pretty much all through the weekend and he crashed in qualifying, which is ab absolutely rare. We've rarely seen a Ricciardo crash. He had an unscheduled pit stop in the early part of the race. He had to remove debris from his brake ducts. And then finally, when it was his time to shine, he overtook three cars in one corner. That was turn one, I remember, uh, during one of the restarts. So basically, he had to work hard to get lucky. And he worked bloody hard. And Ricciardo has this knack of always being there to pick up the pieces when the others around him are dropping it. In fact, he confessed that he's still not had a boring, basically a regular victory just yet. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I wonder if this was the luck of the number three for Ricciardo because uh, Twitterverse went absolutely mad in qualifying when uh, he crashed because it was car number three that actually crashed in Q3 with three minutes and 33 seconds left on the clock. Isn't that interesting? Numerology. <laughs> Working for Mr. Ricciardo. <laughs> The Kunal Kulthar undoing Ricciardo's shoe on the podium, that was just so creepy. <laughs> I wonder if Puma paid him, saying if Ricciardo's <laughs> not doing a, a shoey with the poo, with the Puma shoe, please go ahead and unfasten his shoe. Yeah, but, it was so weird. <laughs> but I'm also very glad that David actually just, uh, you know, played with his shoe and not some other piece of his clothing that was actually going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing this is exactly why Vettel said that F1 is for grown-ups. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, I am going to talk about the Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel clash. Lewis Hamilton is not to blame. Mercedes, of course, believes so. But the FIA believes so as well. He was right in what he was doing. Was he cheeky? Yes, of course, he was cheeky. Because, uh, you know, he was preparing for a restart. And a restart was also Vettel's best opportunity to overtake. Which then, of course, would mean that it was Hamilton's right in defending. As for Sebastian Vettel, I think he just lost focus and then his head. And uh, first his ramming into Hamilton's rear, that was a loss of focus. That's acceptable, you know. There's so much pressure that goes in, in the car. But him ramming tyres with Lewis Hamilton, that was loss of head. Unacceptable. <laughs> when I saw them collide, honestly, and not once but twice, it almost seems like they're driving goddamn tanks. Like, how <laughs> could they get away with that? And uh, that again brings me back to Brazil 2012. Sebastian Vettel needing to win the race to win his title. Was it 13? I don't remember. He spun in Brazil at turn 3. Uh, he collided with, I think, Bruno Senna. And he still managed to finish the race and win the World Championship. So, Sebastian Vettel is surely, Sebastian Vettel is surely a tank driver if no one else. There's also this raging debate whether the 10-second stop-go penalty was harsh enough for Vettel. Actually... Guys, it is the harshest penalty that a driver can be given by the FI during the race without actually disqualifying the driver. And Vettel had three penalty points added to his super license too. So Kunal, I think that the FI were at their inconsistent best again. I don't know why they didn't make an example out of Vettel and, you know, give him a really, really strict punishment. And uh, yes, you're right. And while uh, I did not agree with Vettel's track rage, if I may call it that, I actually liked how he handled the media after the incident. So he kept talking about Hamilton's actions and without, you know, actually trying to admit his own. 
it somewhere reminded me of michael schumacher to be honest well i'm glad he's learning from the best <laughs> but the internet has, you know it's it's almost broken with wetel and his mentions and everything that he's been up to actually i think this is exactly why he isn't on social media <laughs> <laughs> what are the chances he actually has a secret account and he goes ego searching on twitter and facebook to see what fans and teams have to say about him actually pretty pretty certain <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, sebastian metal also got nine penalty points uh, or has nine penalty points out of a possible 12 in the last 12 months period and this means that three more points and that he could be awarded a race ban by the FIA and if that actually happens it will make the drivers championship a tad too interesting for all of us <laughs> kunal you are very cruel <laughs> <laughs> and guess who has the maximum penalty points in the last 12 month period sebastian vettel and of course he is tied with Nine points with none other than Danny Kivat. Wow! A pat on the back to Red Bull Racing for the Junior Driver Program. <laughs> <laughs> Hamilton's headdress. Now we have to talk about that. Such an unusual way to lose the race. And can you believe it? This was literally Lewis Hamilton's race to win by a mile. Well, I guess this is just Formula One. And either way, it was really interesting to see Lewis Hamilton driving down the long straight at over 330 kilometers per hour, and with one hand he's trying to fix the headrest, with the other hand, like talk about multitasking. <laughs> I wonder if this is a part of the Formula One driver training manual that the FIA hasn't released yet. They'll probably include it going forward. <laughs> and honestly, this was the one time his fans were really hoping for hammer time, especially Kunal, since this is a race the. only race on the circuit he hasn't won yet well wow, that's an interesting stat that i actually didn't know of so uh, i'm glad thank you for sharing it on the podcast and uh, we've been asked on our facebook page how was hamilton's headrest undone was it a mercedes error or did it just come loose by itself and i honestly think it was a it was a case of someone not fastening the headrest after hamilton got back in the car after the red flag period and when the race restarted so it was just a part of a simple checklist that someone did not follow he certainly won't want to be identified by all these hamilton fans out there <laughs> and sky sports f1 for that oh, yeah. <laughs> oh and by the way congratulations to lewis hamilton he has surpassed senna's pole position record and guess what he set his sights on none other than michael schumacher's pole position record ouch, wow that, ouch that really hurts given how big a michael schumacher fan i am but uh, hats off to mercedes they've worked hard post monaco to fix their car and at this moment they are the fastest car on the grid and i remember in qualifying they were a full second ahead of the ferraris and hamilton has actually called his car a bit of a diva It's so funny because Lewis Hamilton is always seen in the company of girls who are divas <laughs> off and now on the track. <laughs> also the Mercedes management Lauda and Wolf met Flavio Briatore also known as Fernando Alonso's manager and serial formula one cheater if I may call him that please Ouch. please don't sue me. Uh they caught up for a meal in Baku and uh, they all met and said it actually meant nothing. <laughs> so they just went for a tasty meal and did not have the tasty conversation that we are really hoping that they did. Honestly we'll only know if it actually means nothing in the next you know few months to come. <laughs> actually Valtteri Bottas might be the first one to know. <laughs> <laughs> and interestingly uh, Toto Wolff hinted that the spy gate when McLaren and Mercedes were accused of spying on Ferrari 
as one of the reasons that Mercedes might not actually hire Fernando Alonso. Kunal Karma's a bitch. I remember how Alonso had leaked Spygate out to the world. Oh yes, I absolutely remember and such embarrassment for both McLaren and Mercedes. And uh, anyway, Valtteri Bottas, I think a phenomenal advertisement of his skills and his racecraft because, because to me, his race was a living example of never give up. And uh, so after his first lap clash with Kimi Raikkonen, he ended up being a lap down. And then he charged his way up the grid, overtaking drivers left, right and centre. And then finally beat Lance Stroll to P2 less than 100 metres from the line. So to me, he has actually earned his drive for 2018. But Alonso is available and he's saying he's not worried. So Kunal, I'm pretty certain that something might be brewing there. Uh, I hope so. And I... Also don't hope so, because I don't know who else will sign up Botas if Mercedes actually let him go. Uh, could he go back to Williams replacing ah, Felipe Massa? One doesn't know. And I also suspect that something might be brewing between Kimi Raikkonen and Valtteri Botas because there has to be a Finnish magnet that is bringing them together all the goddamn time. Kural, I am obviously going to be biased about this, but I really think Kimi Raikkonen could have won in Baku too. Honestly, there are so many results that could have been possible. Of course, Max Verstappen could have won. We could have had two Force Indias on the podium, if not a Force India victory, you know, a 1-2 maybe. Yes, and uh, I think a Sebastian Vettel could have won and added some 15-odd more points to his title lead instead of just the two. So, I would absolutely classify the Azerbaijan Grand Prix as a race of what could have been results. And uh, it's also a race where I initially wondered if the circuit was meant for safety car racing and not Formula 1. Because we just had so much safety car driving in the first 25% of the race. And uh, I'm sure FIA have also learned their lessons, especially in terms of uh, clearing the cars and the debris, because we had way too many interruptions. Though personally, I didn't really mind the safety car period. Well, actually, I didn't mind the restarts after the safety car period. <laughs> And the good thing is that it bunched up the field and, you know, everyone got a toe or two. And, you know, that led us to see some pretty interesting high-speed overtaking. So, I loved all of it. And more so was that every single driver was under so much pressure during the restarts. Yes, and I think it was that pressure that got to Sebastian Vettel in that whole Hamilton incident. And uh, talking of pressure, I'm sure Ferrari will be under pressure too. Uh, because they are back to chasing Mercedes, in my view. Uh, they're, they're either not stringing a weekend together, is that's what we call in motorsport, or they are genuinely a few tenths off Mercedes' pace. And uh, I wonder if the FIA's clamping down of oil burning is slowing Ferrari down. So we leave the technical concepts away, but there's a possible that could be a possible reason why Ferrari have slowed down a little. Lance Stroll, he had his first points in his home race in Canada and now he has his first podium in Baku. Congratulations, Lance. So proud. <laughs> he actually did a phenomenal job, you know, to keep that car off the walls and on the track and he made the Williams team strategy work. And I'm so glad to be proved wrong on the overdose of Lance Stroll humour that we've been dishing out through the season. And I really hope that this is one of plenty to come because it's so good to see an 18-year-old driver do what he really believes he's been born to do. And an 18-year-old driver who's not Max Verstappen. 
Hey, by the way, Lance Stroll was rated driver of the day. Wow. Wow. Congratulations once honor. again. <laughs> and all this is, of course, while Max Verstappen himself is not finishing races. So he's had four out of the six past races where he hasn't finished. There's also this whole growing rift or talk of a growing rift between Verstappen and Red Bull Racing. And they say that he might deflect to Ferrari in 2018. So a lot of talk. I'm not sure where it's going. And I frankly think it's uh, it's all a talk itself. Because uh, Vettel and Verstappen in one team, it will be interesting. But I doubt that Vettel will let a talent such as Verstappen be his teammate. And at the same time, I doubt if Verstappen will actually settle for a number two driver position. Because Ferrari has, of course, hired a four times world champion. Who actually did a very amateurish act on track uh, in Baku but uh, frankly I would still love to have Verstappen and Vettel compete in two different teams uh, because that's when the best could be brought out of both of them in my view. That's only if both teams are equally competitive and I don't remember the last time we had that. (laughs) Also a quick round of congratulations to McLaren the other team that we've really been making a lot of fun of this and last season (laughs) and the season before Before. that. (laughs) Yeah, so despite being ridiculously slow on the straights and despite starting the race from, you know, the airport, thanks to all their grid penalties, <laughs> Fernando Alonso managed to score points. Woo! So great. <laughs> this is all the clap as well. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I was just being lazy. And on to Force India. They must be kicking themselves absolutely for missing out on a massive points haul. And they must have also seen how Esteban Ocon isn't going to be a pushover for Sergio Perez. And what a brilliant team rivalry this is turning out to be. Ocon said that their battle started from turn one where Perez's car touched his. (laughs) I actually thought that their battle started way back in Canada when... Sergio Perez refused to move over for Esteban Ocon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Force India management surely has a task on their hands. The first time for them, actually, I think... I wonder if they're missing Nico Hulkenberg already. (laughs) (laughs) A first time for us and Formula 1, it will be in 2018, a triple header Formula 1 weekend. And just the sound of it is so maddening to me. And I can only imagine it's going to be three weeks of notes and tweets and videos and podcasts and columns and notes and more podcasts. (laughs) And very little socializing and no sleep whatsoever. (laughs) I mean, I don't mind socializing if you're going to be with the Formula One drivers. (laughs) And actually, it's smart of Chase Carey and team to avoid a clash with the expected football World Cup next year. And I really wonder if Bernie Ecclestone would have ever had the foresight to think of such things or he would have just been too arrogant about Formula One. And here's the cherry on top of the cake. So next year... In the end of June to the end of July, there will be five races in six weekends, guys. So, you know, take the tip and plan your holiday around these dates. <laughs> Crucial. <laughs> and if there's any fan that's actually visiting all of these five Grand Prix weekends, just ping us. We'd love to know all your stories and talk about it. And the sad news in all of this is that China and Singapore are yet to be confirmed for the 2018 calendar. And if they go off the calendar there'll actually be no race in Asia barring Japan. And frankly, I don't consider Japan as a part of Asia when it comes to hosting a Formula 1 race because they've been having a race in Suzuka and Fuji since a really, really long time. And uh, uh, 
China and Singapore would then be joining India and Malaysia and being off the calendar. And obviously, Azerbaijan is Europe and not Asia. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so this almost seems like uh, Chase Carey's way of saying that Ecclestone's ambitious expansion plan was no good. Oops. And actually, I'd love for Singapore to continue because I've been there four times. It's such a lovely circuit. It's such a warm country. And I mean by people and temperature. And I have some fantastic memories from Singapore. And finally, a bit of sad news for all those fans who've looked up to Monisha Kaltenborn as the sport's first female team boss. Guys, she's quit sober. And I really hope that the new owners did not ask her to leave because of Sauber signing Honda as a power unit supplier for 2018. Oh man, one more Honda damage. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. We actually missed last week, so we are very glad to be back this week. Uh, keep laughing, keep racing and be safe. is the ultimate bacon cheeseburger that puts all other cheeseburgers to cheeseburger shame. And now we're bringing that same big bacon energy to shake up and wake up your breakfast with the Breakfast Baconator. Stacked with the fresh cracked egg, sausage, cheese, and bacon. And right now, you can get a free Breakfast Baconator with purchase in the Wendy's app. So get to Wendy's and always be Baconating. We got you. Offer available at participating U.S. Wendy's for a limited time during breakfast hours only. Offer must be redeemed via the app. Account registration required.